Hello everyone, I hope you guys are ready to get inspired. This episode of the Millionaire Grinders is the bomb.com. I interviewed Morgan Ringrose. She's a website and email designer from Canada who has been a solo entrepreneur for six years. She's inspiring, energetic, and has a lot of tips to share. I hope you will enjoy it. Welcome to the Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Erica Peter content marketing specialist, journalist, and founder of The Grind. So The Grind is a platform dedicated to millennial creatives and coaches. If you want to understand how to build a successful business, make sure you subscribe. Every week, I will interview millennial creatives and coaches, and I will give you marketing tips. So welcome to the family. Hello, Morgan. Welcome to the Millennium Grinders podcast. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, I'm super excited to talk to you because your profile is amazing. So to start, would you introduce yourself to the audience? Uh, my name is Morgan. I go by Morgan Ringrose on Instagram, Ringrose being my last name, but also my brand. Um, I do web design, email design, pretty much anything that has to do with colors. Uh, and I am from the beautiful province of British Columbia, but I'm residing in uh, in the Holy Land right now, which is Nova Scotia, Canada. Nice. Thank you. Uh, all right. So if I'm not mistaken, you studied modern language, then interior oh decorating. Gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you end up, you know, becoming a freelance web designer? Well, it's a very funny story. Um, so as a child, we got our computer because I was the generation that like had the no computer and then had the computer. Um, do you remember Pixo websites? Like, do you remember that? They were like, yes. So that's where this all started. Um, that's when I learned like basic HTML, CSS, and I would like add all my customizations to my Pixo website. Uh, and then as I got older, I you start started coding gamer profiles in iframe. And they would pay me in like virtual money so I could buy stuff for my avatars. And that's really when like it sunk in. But uh, in high school, like it was never shown as an option. Like I didn't, I don't know if it's no one ever took an interest in it, but I mean, we had keyboarding class. So there wasn't really anywhere for me to go with that. And anything listed in university handbooks was like programming, but I had no idea what programming was. Like programming to me didn't say HTML and CSS. So basically I went off to university to be a teacher uh, and then that didn't, I just didn't complete that. Can you imagine like nine years to be a teacher? No, thank you. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, you have to respect teachers, the amount that they go through to teach children. It's absolutely insane. Uh, so then I just started doing like coding on the side cause it was a fun hobby and I went to university and then it just got to the point where I'm just like, I'm making more money, um, in my little side hobby than I am at my real job. Wow. So you were really passionate from the beginning. I always was, but like, I don't know if like where I went to a rural school, there wasn't a lot of options. Like it never, no one ever said to me, oh, Morgan, you could make websites for a living. I was like, that would have been crazy to me. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious about something because I feel like back in those days, it was really seen as something that a man would do. Yes. I'm wondering if... No one suggested it to you because you're a woman. That could be it. Like I, for sure. I think about back that now because like there wasn't a lot for web design back then. Like it wasn't something you thought about. Just the websites existed. And it is still like predominantly a man's world. Like I have clients where one of them messaged me. He's like, oh, well, can you get your tech guy to look at this? I'm like, I am the tech guy. 
Like, <laughs> I'm all you're going to get. And he's like, I'm so sorry. Like, it's just a habit. He's like, I'll work on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that you corrected him. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, it's it's me. I oh, You get me. So sorry. <laughs> so, okay. So when you started, it was six years ago, right? Yeah. When did you go full time? Okay. So what had happened is when I got into, I think it was 2015, I um, moved back to Nova Scotia from BC and um, I was taking some time off and I really started to get back into like doing web design, but I started taking courses like free ones from like Code Academy and stuff and like really investing time into learning more about what I was good at and then uh what what ended up being is I went on to Fiverr have you have you heard of Fiverr like the online marketplace so I started a gig there it was $20 and I would customize like set up your WordPress website so like provide me the theme I'll set it up and uh then I started getting frustrated because I'm like oh like this could be different like I don't like this theme And so then it switched into me learning PHP, which is what codes WordPress websites. So then I started creating WordPress websites from absolute scratch. And uh, I really just started to snowball from there, like with coding, like there's absolutely no limit. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't have time to work another job because I have to give all of my attention to learning and then exercising the things that I've learned and then also picking up all these clients. Like they never stopped coming. I don't know how they found me. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, it's it's crazy. So you mean um, all that started first of all with Fiverr, which mm-hmm. honestly it doesn't always have a good rep, <laughs> you know? Yes, I can um, see why that why that would be the case. <laughs> I've I've used it myself, and all the time it's people who don't necessarily have a lot of experience, you know. Even mm-hmm. when you are willing to pay the price, right? Yeah, it's amazing that that you're saying that because it still shows that it's a great way to start, right? It's like mm-hmm. the same thing as Upwork. It's a great way to start. Um, but when you say you don't know how they found you, did you have a website? No, I had. I did not. Well, I had a blog where I blogged about like lifestyle stuff, but like not about my business. But I had the Instagram. And at this time, my Instagram was not tech related. It was still fitness related, like going back to like my previous hobbies. Um, and then I started posting about like my clients and I started posting like progress on their websites and like just kind of like documenting like my learning process. And then from there, like people would start messaging me and asking me like, oh, like I have a WordPress website. Can you look at it? And like they were all very small jobs, but they were small jobs that I could post about. And that started to gain traction. I've never spent any money on marketing. I've never sought out a job. They all just show up. And I don't know if that's some kind of crazy luck. But it's been years of them just showing up. So I guess your only plan was to learn. You didn't have a business plan. You just felt like I'm going to learn everything that I can to improve myself and keep on practicing. Yes, that's all it was. And like the job started coming and then I would get um, jobs where they wanted something I didn't know about yet. But I'm like, but I know how to learn how to do that. Coding, like I have so many books that I keep at my desk because I've been doing this for years and I still go back for reference. Any developer that says that they know all their languages off the top of their head, no problem, are lying. It's And it's forever changing. It's You always have to be learning. So you mentioned Instagram. Um, and, you know, I checked your account, you know, <laughs> and I realized that you decided to use, I mean, Instagram to share your work in September 2018. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Okay, so I want to know what was the shift? Like, what led you to do that? Uh, honestly, it was uh, the community. I was probably not favored in high school. Like, I was one of those kids that was kind of, like, pushed around a little bit. So I never really had, like, this healthy um like with attention 
But then I started getting attention from the posts that I was doing. And like the tech community is so wholesome that like it keeps you motivated to post. And even if the things I was posting didn't make sense or like didn't have any purpose, like the feedback I would get was so like was so nice and warming that Instagram just became like my place. Like I would go, I have friends through Instagram, like, yeah, I've never met them, but they feel as real as a friend you would go down the road and see. And then just something about that support. And then people that are potential clients go on and they see that they see how you are as a person and then you become real and then people want to work with you. So it just kept snowballing and growing and growing. And now it's I run my entire business through Instagram. Oh, wow. It's very impressive. And now that you explain it, I, I get it because, you know, when I found you, I was like, how can you be like a micro influencer and a web designer? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the idea that we have, it's always, you know, at the very least, if, you, if we're talking about profession, it would be a business coach, like who would have like, uh, I don't know, 100,000 followers, like a photographer or something like that. But we never think about web designers because it's codes, you know, mm-hmm. and um, for the web designers who are listening to us and want to use actually Instagram, you know, to promote themselves, what tips would you like to share with them? Oh, that's tricky. It's been a lot of a lot of trial and error for me. Um, the one thing that's really nice about the web design, web developer community on Instagram is that the hashtags are very, very strong. I still use like the 30 hashtags. Like I have a great audience. Um, so finding those those hashtags that put you in front of other people in your community because you will get jobs from people in your community. Like don't don't go into it targeting clients. Go into it and become part of the web designer community on Instagram. Um, I have three people that are in my community on Instagram and they refer me work constantly because it's either wow. something that they're not familiar with, they're too busy, or it's something that they know I specialize in. And because I have those relationships through my own community, I get referrals all the time. Wow. Oh my God. Make friends. That's the moral of the story. Make friends online. They will be your best friends and your best business friends. And I love it because it shows that it's not a competition. You know, it's really a community. You know, like people support each other. And if they don't have time to take on a mandate, they just give it to someone else. I Mm -hmm. love it. And um, I wanted to know, actually, how much time do you spend on social media? Uh, I mean, if we're not including TikTok... I maybe spend like two hours a day on Instagram. Uh, I'm not I'm not always posting though. That's the thing. If you look at my Instagram, it's very inconsistent. I maybe post once or twice a week. Um, but I do go through and I like to share stuff to my stories from other people. Um, and I like to comment and like read other people's posts. So yeah, I'm not posting a lot, but I am being involved in the community, which is even more beneficial than constantly posting. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, people always forget that social media, it's social, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's not its not self-serving. Like it's something, it's about building communities, talking to other people and, get, you know, having connections, you know? Yeah. It's easy networking. It's easy networking. And you can network with people that, that are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Going back uh, to your six years of experience, I'd be curious to know, what did you learn Um, these past six years and what would you have done differently? Oh, so I have lots of layers to this one. Um, Like, as I mentioned, how I started out and then going into my 20s, I started taking it more seriously. And then um, I actually took a break from web design and coding for uh, a year and a half. 
uh, because I felt like, yes, I know what I'm doing, but I needed to learn something different. And when I say learning is key, I really mean it. I went and took up an executive assistant position um, at a real estate brokerage because I felt that my management skills were not were not good, like office skills. Because what you don't realize when you're a solopreneur is that you are the manager, you are HR, you are accounts receivable, you are in charge of everything. And I didn't know how to be in charge of myself. I felt like I was all over the place. Like, yes, I'm doing the work, but what about all the other stuff? So I took that job because I needed to learn how to manage myself. And the experience was, I cannot tell you how challenging it is to be in a real estate field. Oh my goodness. Like I, there were days that I just cried constantly, but I could run my business so much better now. So I had to take that time to learn how to, to be a business. And then I came back into web design full time, started picking up things like react, hated it. Um, app design is not for me. Uh, and then it basically, it was just keeping up to date on, on things that I was already learning uh, being more involved with other people. Cause like when I say about networking, like I get clients all the time. They're like, I need this. I'm like, I don't know how to do that for you, but I know this lady over here absolutely does. Your business is, was, it was really something that went step by step, you know, like you started mm -hmm. as a side also, like you tried different things. Um, but what advice would you give to someone who's really ready to launch a business right now? You know, because I'm pretty sure that you learn a thing or two about launching a business. Oh, to launch a business. Are we talking about my kind of business or just a business in general? Your kind of business. My kind of business, um, make sure you have a portfolio. I Even if you don't have like a website with a portfolio, make sure you have at least three things to show somebody. Even if you're still learning, if you're still learning, you can still launch and say, I'm taking on projects. Just know what your limits are. And another thing that's very important is knowing what your prices are. Just because you are learning does not mean that your time is not valuable. Like mm -hmm. if, if you can, even if you're learning, if you can give them exactly what they're looking for, it doesn't matter that you're still like a novice level, you still charge the appropriate amount. And that was where my biggest mistake was, is that I would give people the prices I thought they could pay rather than the prices that I deserved. And that was probably the biggest hiccup uh, for a couple of years of my business. So it's making sure that you can show people that, yes, I am a web designer and I only have three projects, but look how good these three projects are. And that's really all it is. You just need to show them I can do that and then they'll just believe you. You don't even need a piece of paper. Just show them that you can do it and then they'll hire you. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, I often talk about that, you know, like the, the money side of the business, you know, when you started out. Um, I believe that a lot of people go through the imposter syndrome and that's why they're scared of charging. Yeah. And I get it. Uh, but when you think about it, when you get hired as an employee, you still get a certain amount of money, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't get why at the very least, like people, when they start, you know, working as a freelancer, they don't just start with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the money at the beginner level. So why not start with that? Yeah. Uh, so what I did is that I looked up for my area. And if you're doing international, maybe look up a little bigger of an area. Uh, I looked up what the starting salary was for someone in my field. Um, I would even go so far as to like go on Indeed jobs and look up my job for an entry level and see like what was outlined, what the salary basis were. And then I would break that up. I would take away the taxes. I'd break it up by month and I'd say, okay, so this is what, say it's like $4,000 is what that beginner salary would look like. And I'm like, okay, so how many projects could I take on comfortably 
and for to make that amount of money and i would say okay so like say i could take six six websites that month and then i would divide it up and then that's what that's what my rate would be for a full website great yeah that's just, some awesome tips yeah so like it's not like you're coming at like just felt for me because i had imposter syndrome pretty heavily but if i could see numbers preset i'm like oh well other people make that money i'm not just coming up with that number out of nowhere like it's it's founded there's evidence exactly and the person who wants to hire you I'm pretty sure they know how much other people charge. And if they don't know, it's probably not someone you want to work with, as that's another piece of advice I can give. If if they seem too clueless, don't pick them up. It's going to be a big headache. <laughs> I agree so much. You know, um, I often talk about that to the early stage of a business. You know, like you're just happy that someone would want to hire you. Mm -hmm. The big mistake that people do is that they don't set limits for themselves. I'm pretty sure everybody went through, you know, like working with a difficult client. And for me, it's not so much about the, the, the client. It's, it's more about the freelancer itself, you know. Why didn't you set your limits? Why didn't you say no? Because that client always end up to be a burden. Mm -hmm. Always, especially those who are trying to negotiate the price too much. They always end up to be the ones who wants this to be changed. And then the, the project takes so many hours, right? Yeah. Um, so I think it's very important to learn from the beginning to set your limit. And another thing on that, and that this is something that my friend Laura at Burden Brain Management has told me, um, is to don't, not do don't do stuff for free. I am so bad for doing stuff for free. I'm like, oh, well, I like to give. And it's like, no, because once you start, once your prices are too low, like say you're looking up the industry standard and your prices are well below, you need to make them the medium because people are going to see your prices and they're like, yeah, your work's really good, but your prices are really low. And then they will question you. Mm -hmm. It's like when I get some kind of service, like a spa service, and I see someone's prices are drastically lower than someone else's. Well, I'm going to go with the higher price because I know that I'm going to get, I'm going to assume that I'm going to get better work. I agree. Like, Yeah. So like if you are starting out and you're pricing yourself really low, you're pricing yourself as what you deem a beginner level is, but it's not going to translate that way to someone that's looking to hire you for a service. They're going to be like, why are you so cheap? Like, are you not good at what you do? Blah, blah, blah. So it, there is a there is a pretty big downfall to not pricing yourself appropriately. I agree. And there is another level to that is that when you work for free, People talk. So let's say you decided to work for free for me. Mm -hmm. And then someone would tell me, oh, Erica, your website is amazing. And I would say, oh, Morgan did it for free for me. Mm -hmm. You know, so necessarily speaking, what's going to happen is that people will either expect you to do it for free or will look for a very extremely affordable price you know this has happened to me in the real world oh yeah I did a full e-commerce website for someone because I felt bad and she like I really love to support women starting businesses in my community I'm like you know what don't worry about it I'm gonna do it for $500 I'm gonna do a whole thing I even did her photography myself it was 40 products and then she told her friend and her friend emailed me and she's like hey you did the website for so-and-so I'm like yeah she's like oh could I have a website as well I need it for this and this so I quoted them she's like oh well so-and-so said that it was only $500 and I'm like here we go <laughs> yep yeah never do that never do that yeah never unless you you're very specific you tell the person I'm doing this for you Don't tell anyone I charge you that much. You know what yes. I mean? Like, because it happens, you know, like sometimes we want to help out friends, you know, but just tell them, I'm sorry to say it, but shut up. Don't say it. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> I, uh, so I actually just wrote a quote to someone recently. So I'm doing a, a website for a local business that I really, really enjoy. 
Um, and they were in a pickle. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this website for you. And I said in my initial email, when I said them the quote, I'm like, this is how much I charge starting rate for this website. It would tap out realistically at this much, but I'm going to do it for you at this price. Just given our relationship, please don't tell people that I'm doing it for this price. And I always make sure that they know how much my regular rate would be if I'm doing someone a favor. That's a great way to process. Um, Moving on, I want to talk about businesses, you know, like any type of businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, when people launch their businesses, they tend to try to save money on different things, right? Yes. One of those things is a website and they get a template and then they use WordPress. They try to do it themselves, right? Right. You work with entrepreneurs and I'm pretty sure a lot of them went through that phase. Would you tell me what are the most common mistakes people do when it comes to building their own websites? So there actually is quite a few because you could go on to people's websites and I I think I'm a little bit biased because I'm in the industry, but I can always tell when someone's done it themselves. Now, sometimes your clients wouldn't know you did it yourself, but here is things that yes, you are say you're you're like, "Okay, so I'm not going to I'm not going to go with someone to, to for the website. I'm going to do it myself." And then the first mistake happens. So they get the template and they use they use stock images. They use images that people have seen. They use images that are not authentic. So, okay, so say you're saving money on the website. You should put money into a photographer. Like they, sh- people should go on your website and that's like, okay, it's a theme, but that's a person. Like that's a person I'm going to be dealing with. Mm-hmm. This is a real building. This is a real company. Photography is so important over stock images. And then another thing that when you're not getting a professional, you're missing out on things like SEO that you would then have to either figure it yourself or you would have to hire someone for. It's something that I do. Um, You would have to then go through and be mindful of your alt text. So all of your images and stuff. So say the image breaks, you want people to be able to see what it would be. Then there's the metadata. It's just all this behind the scene stuff that like they, no one would think about because it's not their industry. And those are the things like, those are the, the fine details that get your website seen like on Google, like you're saving money, but in the long run, all you're doing is hindering your business. All you're doing is keeping yourself from from ranking up on Google, you're not being seen. And it's all just small details that someone doing it themselves just wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. I agree. But actually, I'm going to put you on the spot here because there are so many people who say, you know, nowadays with social media, it's irrelevant to have a, a website because, you know, you say it yourself, most of your referral, you get them on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So what makes a, a, a website still relevant for any businesses? I'm kind of embarrassed because if you were to look at my website, like, yes, it's beautiful, but it doesn't get the attention that my Instagram gets. But it is very important to have a website. And this is what I tell clients that come to me, they're solopreneurs are like, oh, well, I don't need a website. I have social media. I'm just like, you do. It doesn't have to be a full five page website. Like when people think of website, they think of like all the standard pages and it's just so much, it's overwhelming. But um, something I specialize in is one page websites where, so everything you would post about on social media would be on one page. You would have your header, blah, 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 all of this. It's like an extended business card. It just tells people what they want to know without having to like really engage with the full website. And it's so important to have that. So on my Instagram, 
I will post something just kind of referring back to my website because I want people to go back and read the full the full thing because you don't want your Instagram to be a sales pitch. You want people mm-hmm. to go into your Instagram and look at it, become engaged, want to know more. They go to your website. And I mean, at the end of the day, if I can't go to someone's website and find the information I'm looking for, I don't bother with them. I don't want to go sift through their Instagram and hope that I find the post with the information I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Like it's there are there are a lot of people and I mean I say this with a grain of salt here but there is a lot of people that don't either don't exist on Instagram do not have the time to go browsing your Instagram you only found them because they saw your your post come up in their feed and they're not going to click onto your Instagram to find out everything they need. They're going to go onto your Instagram and be like, where's a link to your website? Where can I find out more? I agree. Those are two different things. And, and you know, like earlier you were saying, you know, like Instagram for you is really about community building. It is. And I'm pretty sure, you know, it's still important to have a website just because people use Google. You know, like if I'm looking for a photographer, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go on Google. Yes. I'm not going to, to go on Instagram. So unless... It was already someone I was interacting with. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, I would be like, oh, you know what? I know a photographer from Toronto. I'd like to work with that person, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you have a business, you have to keep on growing it, you know, as you said, promoting on social media, like doing outreach and so forth. Um, but you also have to work, you know, on the business itself. So it mm-hmm. means that working on your client's project. And I feel like all that can be so draining sometimes. It absolutely um, is. So how how do you handle it? Uh, it's really, and I did make an Instagram post about this recently, um, because I only work 25 hours a week. I, mm-hmm. I do a full income off of that time. Uh, and it's really, it comes down to that organization, that ability to take a project and break it down into reasonable goals. And so I will start my day. I do personal things first. I go through my social media notifications, make my coffee, have breakfast, sit down. And then I have to look at my day. I'm like, okay, what projects are coming due soon? What needs to be done on them? What other things do I have going on? And I write it all out. And then I take those projects and I dissect them further. I make what in the interior design industry we call the punch list where it takes it takes tasks and then it even takes those tasks down a little bit further because I need I'm the kind of person that I need to see the whole picture even if it's not done I'll be like okay I need to do this web page well it's not that simple I need to be like okay what's on this web page how many blocks am I making for this web page what's the content what's the pictures like there's so many different there's so many different points and the way that I am able to stay organized like that is because I know at two o'clock at the end of the day I'm done no one, mm-hmm. no one talked to me about business. I'm like, I'm done. And like that motivation to be like, okay, so I know what I can do in a five and a half hour period. And I'm going to get it done. Because there's something for me personally thinking like, oh, I could just work for 13 hours. And then I get burnt out. And then I'm not having a good time. And I don't want to do it anymore. I love that. Yeah, that's that extremely inspiring. Um, so I wanted to know, you know, we've been talking about website design. Uh, but you also do email designs. And I wanted to know, how did you start it? Oh my gosh, that's so new. So going back to learning, I had no idea how to do email design. Uh, My friend from Instagram, she referred me a project. She's like, Morgan, my client needs an email designed. He needs it coded. I don't know what to do. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm on YouTube for like 10 minutes. I find out that email coding is very, very similar to coding a website. It's all HTML, CSS. And I'm like, okay, absolutely. I know how to do this. Like I know how to code. I can get this done. 
Um, and then I learned that it was really time consuming. And I'm like, oh, I'm not into that. How can I do this better? Uh, and then I discovered a new language called MJLM. Let me just double check that. Yes, MJLM. So what this does is I code the template and then it shows up next to me as I'm coding it. And then I can just uh, export it as the proper file to import into wherever they're doing their emails. And this took me all of maybe a day to learn how wow. to run this new language as it was so similar to HTML and CSS. And like when people say that's not real coding, I'm like, okay, but I can build complete websites and I can do email templates. It was not hard. And, uh, and, it, and it's so satisfying to like see when I, cause I signed up for the company that I did the email for and seeing it come into my inbox. Oh my goodness. I was so excited. But sometimes you just have to, you just have to learn on the go. You have a friend that like, okay, like I know you know how to do something like this. Can you do this for me? And sometimes you just have to say yes and just figure it out. So I feel like in your field, um, it's the type of field that where you have to learn all the time. Constantly, constantly. I love it because it keeps you motivated. Like it, it makes you feel alive, right? Because mm -hmm. nothing is old. You know what I mean? It's so uh, excited because I love, I love things with options. Like, do you ever just like, you want something new? And that's what it is in our community. It's like, it's like, okay, so I'm bored of this. I'm just going to learn something new. And everything you learn is valuable. Like there's no information that you can't, implement somewhere and it's so incredibly satisfying to learn just even something slightly new and then to practice it you get to practice it live and see it take life wow that sounds amazing and actually um for new website designers where can they actually learn like what kind of recommendation do you have for them so i started on code academy love code academy it's all free unless you want to like do more in-depth course but i started with code academy i went through they offer intro levels to everything and then i went to the bookstore and i bought books and then i started doing code camps um there is one i can't think of it off the top of my head but once you have the foundation that's that's all you need you only need the foundation everything else you can just google i i'm a professional googler i'm like i don't know how to do that i google it 10 minutes later i know how to do it like it's it's <laughs> it really is that easy i love it um okay so i have a last question for you mm -hmm. would you mind sharing you know your five most important tips for solo entrepreneurs uh in your field you know like web designer and email designers uh Having a good physical planner or like an online one, but something that you can write things out and then cross them off. So I, my, my first things I look at in the morning are my planner and I've got my highlighters because it makes me very excited to cross things off with the highlighter. Uh, another advice that like you wouldn't really think of is to keep track of your subscriptions. Um, as a designer, I use Canva, I use Photoshop, I have hosting providers. Those little interactions you need to, for tax season Those are gravy. You need to have them. Keep track of your subscriptions, like print off the invoices. It's so important. Um, having a proper invoicing system. Uh, this, for one, will help you from getting scammed, which is something that I still deal with on a day-to-day -day basis is people thinking they can scam me. <laughs> it's And it's it's absolutely crazy. And I would love to talk to you about it in detail later. <laughs> but but when, you have, when you have an invoicing system and you tell someone, Like there are people that I deal with that I feel like they're so, so far ahead from me, like so top tier and then they're hiring me. So I, I love being able to be like, okay, I'm going to add your client profile. Can I have your name, your business information, all of this? And then you send them an invoice from a legit invoicing system that sends them a receipt. I know it seems so silly, 
but that helps solopreneurs like have such a level of legitimacy. Like I hate saying, oh, you can just PayPal me. I love mm-hmm. being like, I'm sending you out official, like I didn't even make this a Microsoft. I literally pay for an invoicing system. Like it's, it's give me your money. That's what that says to me. When you have an invoicing system, it's like, absolutely. I will put my credit card in here. It, I think that that's really important. Um, yeah, and, I agree. And then don't get shaky with your rates. I know we spoke about this in detail already, but like starting out your rates are your rates. You decide if you want to give someone a deal and you have to ask yourself, why is this person asking for a deal? Like, don't feel bad. You are a professional. They're not going to go to the grocery store and haggle on their groceries. So don't know you're if you're in that field, if that's your service, your service has a price and they need to pay that price. Like if it's not ridiculous and if it is ridiculous, a lot of people know, like they self-reflect like, oh, like I think that I'm being a little greedy here. Um, And I think I need to come up with one more. Oh, and this is the biggest one. And this I carry this with me everywhere. And I think this is why my reputation is so good is that when you make a mistake, you need to be transparent, like immediately, like don't. Don't go to them with excuses or like try to fix it without telling them. Go to your client and say, this is what's happening. This is the situation. Um, I recently had a client that asked me to do something and I thought it was going to be so simple. And once I got in there, it wasn't. And so I wrote him an email. I'm like, hey, so this is all the things I've tried. This is why it's not working. These are the people I've spoken to just to get a confirmation that uh, what what's happening is what's really happening. And just come up with more solutions, like just offer them solutions, being so transparent and always responding to even uncomfortable emails. That's how you build a good reputation and people come back to you and they tell people about you. I agree with you. It's way easier to deal with a client by being honest. And even, for instance, if it's something you don't really master, but you still want to try out, you can tell a client, you know, I know you want this. I'm still at the beginner level. Those are the, the thing I master, but this one I don't, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you want to hire me, at least you know. You, you follow what I mean? Yeah. And that's another thing with the Instagram, though, is like, so say you do have something you can't take on. I will always, before I say yes or no, I'll always Google it if it's something a little that I'm shaky on because I want to find out, like, is this something I really can just learn quickly or is this something that's going to cause me problems, waste their time? So I always try to have, um, like, just from my network online, I always try to have somebody that can take over for me or say I can't do it. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to subcontract this to my friend. She ex- like she's an expert in this. And then I kind of like just lump that fee into my fee. I'll be like, okay, so I'm going to be bringing someone in to do this. And like, they, they don't like clients don't seem to care. They're like, oh, you have another professional coming in under you just to sort this out. Like no problem. But like making mistakes is so important. Like if you go through my Instagram and this is like the posts that I make about my downfalls are my highest engaged posts. Because I, I'm just like, yeah, I made, I either made a mistake. This is what I learned from it. This is how you should not make that mistake. People like seeing real people. People like dealing with me because they know they're not getting a sales pitch. They're getting a raw human that makes mistakes and they see how I handle those mistakes. Like airing your low points is beneficial if you are showing people how you handled it properly. Oh my God. I agree. I agree with you at so many levels. Last time I had um, a conversation as well on Instagram with a girl. She was just uh, talking about should you delete your old post, you know, meaning that once you start, you know, like becoming a macro influencer, let's let's say it that way. Uh, you know, like sometimes you always have those people who go through, you know, like your old post. And basically, she was saying that she's changing her branding. And it doesn't look the same anymore. So maybe she should delete it. And I said, 
if you delete it, you're not human anymore. You know, you don't yeah. make mistakes anymore. And people connect with people. So the, the idea that you are perfect is not going to attract me. But if I know that you went through the same process as I did, I'm more, you know, inclined to hire you because we have something in common. You know what I mean? You didn't start by being perfect. Mm -hmm. So I yeah. like this. I, I really like this. The fact that you mentioned it, like mistakes are normal, you know, and it's more about how you handle them mm -hmm. because you're going to make a mistake all the time, yeah. all the freaking time. How are you going to learn if you don't make mistakes? Because if you made a mistake, it means at least you tried something. Exactly. Well, Morgan, thank you so much for answering my question. It was really a pleasure talking to you. Um, so before closing the episode, would you mind telling the audience where they can find you? Um, you can find me at my website, morganringrose.com. I know I said that I don't put a lot of work into it, but it is really nice. And then you can also find me at Instagram at m.ringrose. If you want to come and just have a good time, I post funny things in my story all the time. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. Have Thank a good you. afternoon. You as well. Well, guys, that's it for today's episode. If you liked it, make sure you rate this podcast a five star and subscribe. Talk to you soon.